0: Hi, everyone. This is Janice Alpert. Uh, welcome to On Purpose, where I interview people about what their purpose is and hopes to help you find your purpose, stay on your purpose. And I, I am happy to introduce Adam Hart, who I don't know that well. I don't know him at all, actually. So hi, Adam.
1: <laughs> How's it going?
0: It's going well. And I want to say, of course, I appreciate that you're here, that you're going to share your story with us of how you got from where you were to where you are. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit how you know like where'd you grow up and what your family <laughs> like life was <besides>? like? <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, just to give some context, um, I had a rock bottom moment in my twenties, and okay. where I live now is in a completely different uh, energy. And I know we we don't have a, a lot of time together, but. There is a way that I discovered how to tap into my health and wellness that I think mm-hmm. a lot of us would love to know more of.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: rooted in the relationship between how my brain used to perform and how my nervous system operated in relation to my brain.
0: Oh. Oh, OK, All right, but let me I always like to go back to kind of the beginning a little bit, if you're OK with that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like what, what do you you know, because I, I think we don't just get to where we are yes, I've had aha moments too. And they're always special and powerful, whatever. But so growing up, were you like, was your family life easy? What, like what, how many kids in your family?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely had a, a troubling upbringing, like so many of us, you know, yes. having divorced, divorced parents at the age of 13, mm-hmm. being diagnosed ADHD and medicated in my teens as well. Wow. And had a lot of self worth, self-esteem, shame and guilt uh, feelings around my life as a kid growing up. And I bet, you know, I think we know that's pretty common nowadays. And it is, I didn't know how the stress was reacting in my own body. I didn't recognize that I could actually work with what I was going through at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kept relying on the system to tell me what to do. And I kept, Mm -hmm. I kept finding these, these, these brick walls stopping me from feeling healthier and happier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what, my like rock what, bottom.
0: What what know. kind of like stuff did your family do to try to help you, or did you try to help yourself when you were? Growing?
1: Well, you know, at that age, there wasn't a whole lot. You know, it's yeah. like okay, maybe the parents try and change up some of the processed food, but you know, most parents didn't and don't. This is like the baby boomer generation. Don't yes. really know. You know, what is it? I'm is, one of those
0: baby boomers, so I get it. Go ahead.
1: Right. And, you know, and I call myself a second generation fast food eater. Right. So okay. that whole style of eating didn't start until the 50s. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to 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 grow up, my parents looked at that as a, you know, it's it's convenient food. It's cost effective. It's flavorful for the kids. There's it's no complaining. Quick. It's, it's quick. quick. It's easy. And that became my go to. You know, I became very uh, highly addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. In my teens, that led to me in my mid-twenties becoming pre-diabetic, 50 pounds heavier than I am now, um, Mm -hmm. suffering still with the ADHD and then being diagnosed with anxiety, suffering with depression. And that must uh, have been
0: tough. So were you were you able to like go to like go to school? Like how how was high school? Did you?
1: Yeah. You know, I ended up actually graduating university, but it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to, I had to fight through it and, and uh, was there a lot of joy in those experiences for me? Not really.
0: (laughs) Sounds like I would say a big, no, a big, no. Yeah. That's really hard.
1: It is. It is really hard. And it, and it has an impact on you mentally, physically, and and obviously not living connected to joy is, Mm -hmm. you know, what are we here for? Exactly. You know, the idea of just having your health be the primary focus is one that with the way a lot of, especially as parents, we live, Mm -hmm. our health tends to get pushed to the back of the line.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, I just had that happen at a very young age. And Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so even with all this challenges, you know, you still graduated, you know, college. And what was I'm curious, what was your area of study?
1: Yeah, I got a degree in sociology.
0: Oh, okay, so you were you were already preparing for what you might be doing uh, later <laughs> without even knowing it. Okay.
1: That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, came out of that without really having an understanding of what I wanted to do with my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I started to work for a for, um, family business. Okay. And very quickly found the nine to five grind Uh, not conducive to my daily anxiety
0: (laughs) unpleasant. (laughs) It sounds like unpleasant. Yes.
1: And uh, yeah. And, you know, and again, the, the, the the chocolate bar drawer, you know, my office Mm -hmm. drawer was just filled with chocolate bars. And that was how I had my energy throughout the day, Mm -hmm. drink a Coca-Cola and, and not knowing, you know, all the while that the way that my lifestyle was set up was really centered on my, my brain loving to keep me stuck in this fight or flight stress response.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're working uh, in the family business. Did you kind of know inside? Like, I don't think this is where, this is not the path I probably should. I mean, do you have a (laughs) sense inside? Like this is just not working or
1: there definitely wasn't uh, a connection to feeling like I'm living a purpose of something. okay kind, Okay. Right. So I, I knew that, but I didn't know, you know, obviously we all hear that word and we think that's a beautiful thing to go after. But I, at that time, it, if someone was to mention, well, what's your purpose? It's like, is that even an option? Uh, is I, that, is that an one? option?
0: And I have no idea. <laughs> Believe me, if somebody asked me in my twenties, what was my purpose? Uh, my answer would have been to get married and have kids, which right. is what I right. did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, Not an that energy- there's anything
0: wrong with that, by the way. <laughs> I love no, my kids. No, but there is an energy yeah.
1: in terms of um, how we can stay motivated to go after something if there right. is that spark in us. And
0: exactly,
1: it's hard to get that spark if you live a a, a life where a lot of your mind, you know, 70,000 thoughts a day on average is what we have. So if a lot of those are, you know, quite
0: negative, dark and <laughs>
1: depressive, and yeah, right. you know, it, it, it's difficult to tune into the energy of what your purpose might, you know, might be, and might be. be able to bring you.
0: All right. So, how so now? Okay. So, you got through high school and college, and now you're working in the family business. And you're, were you living at home or were you on your own?
1: No, I was at home. And then, living at home. And then I eventually got out of the house. Yep. And I moved right next door to a uh, a chicken wing restaurant, and I loved that. <laughs> oh, so
0: that was another good. that You're still on the fast food uh, train there, because oh, that, yeah. that was fast no, and yummy. That's All right, so you're so you finally get out of the house. You're still in the family business, yeah. but you're you're knowing inside something is not feeling exactly fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the moment I got given that prescription for high cholesterol medication.
0: How old were you? you How old were you at the time? This is
1: 25, 26 years old. Oh, young. Really young. Oh, yeah. You know, walking out of there, being told I'm going to be insulin dependent if I don't fix this in the next six months. Wow. Being pre-diabetic. And so, yeah, that was that rock bottom moment. I was like, okay, something has to change. What Mm -hmm. is it going to be? And I didn't want to do another diet because I had done so many.
0: And I as didn't. my listeners know, that was my previous uh, podcast was, you know, how crazy diets generally are not going to be in our best uh, interest over in the in, in the short term. I mean, we're going to have to make some changes if we want things to be better. It yeah. has to be more long term and and being true to who we are, what we can and cannot do. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And the same with fitness programs. I just didn't want to buy another gym membership. Uh-huh, always for sure. Always led to feeling guilty and frustrated. I got lucky because I I discovered rock climbing. Oh. I discovered rock climbing. So here I am, you know, I'm in Toronto. This is where I'm from originally.
0: Oh, okay. I love Toronto.
1: Yeah. You know, but it's, but it is a very, very intense city in terms of the energy.
0: I just went for a long weekend and we had a great time, but, and good food too. But speaking of food, yeah, go ahead.
1: (laughs) But you know, all of a sudden you're spending an hour and a half in traffic to get to work, hour and a half to get home from work. And it it becomes a different experience in terms of the anxiety of it all. Yep.
0: That's Chicago. That's why I don't work in downtown Chicago. Yep.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, you know, when I found rock climbing, it was a sport that I recognize. Oh wow, this kind of this is interesting. This is different. It's not a gym membership.
0: Curious. How? I mean, that isn't the usual. How did no. you happen to come across that?
1: Yeah. So I was uh, downtown Toronto with a friend of mine. We were rollerblading around, just wanted to be active. We were both overweight, uh-huh. and just while we we're rollerblading around, we stumbled into an indoor climbing gym. Just something we passed wow. by. We both looked at each the other. The
0: universe other was guiding you. But go ahead. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it changed my life. It was the. It was almost an immediate like that spark of light inside went off mm-hmm. and I realized there's something that I'm doing climbing. That's giving me peace. It's so allowing the first, me from
0: the very first time you went on the climbing wall or yeah. whatever you, you felt like something, this is like, good, I'm feeling peaceful.
1: Yeah. Well, the first time I had a panic attack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your
0: honesty. I would too. Yeah. Um, so I get it.
1: But there was something that I came down from the end of that and the panic attack went away. Right. So I kept going, I kept going, kept going. And I recognized, well, there's kind of a safe experience in this with me playing with my anxiety,
2: mm, okay. which
1: became very interesting. So mm-hmm. I kept going back, kept going back. And the more I would climb, the more I noticed that my thoughts weren't spinning in my head, telling me all the things that were bad about my life or the things I needed to fix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All I was focused on was my breath and the next move. Right. Was I was to
0: get up. And you're and that's really brave, though, because anxiety for anyone that's had it. I've, I've had anxiety in my life. It, it can mm-hmm. be quite debilitating. Yeah. So you push you kind of push through.
2: Yeah. Because the it, feeling
0: it, of the of what you were doing was there was something about it that was that was working.
1: Yeah. It was significant enough to know that, OK, this is a safe environment for the, for me to actually play with this. Mm-hmm. You know, where uh, m- most of my life was so anxious. I, right.
0: So just FYI, what I love about this is that. Whatever, you know, when people, whoever you're listening, is that you never know what that thing is going to be that might change your life. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean, rock climbing, this is like a first that which I love, you know, that you knew yeah. that and you felt it. OK, so you started rock climbing in this gym. Then did yeah. you go to real rock? Not that it, it wasn't real, but you know what I'm saying?
1: No, yeah. On well, eventually, <laughs> uh, within six months, I started to climb outside. Wow. So now I'm in nature doing it.
0: I love nature. Yes. Right.
1: So that elevated it. I'm grounded the whole time. My hands are on the rock. Mm -hmm. And now I'm spending hours and hours a day playing with my own nervous system regulation.
0: Okay. What does that mean?
1: So that means that all of a sudden I'm now living aligned with my parasympathetic nervous system stress response. Mm Mm-hmm. It's always where we are
0: calmer. The parasympathetic nervous system helps us with calmness just for the listener. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And that's where that's where presence is experienced.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: So I started to find myself living there for longer periods. But I also recognized that I was doing it by training my my body. To be at peace with the anxiety it was experiencing in that moment, because climbing is a real fight or flight experience. Like you do have to manage it. Otherwise, you could get hurt.
0: Right could but fall start... down and die. Yes.
1: <laughs> right. And and so I realized, wow, so I'm so anxious in all of these areas of my life around okay. sugar. You know, now I, you know, my kids now are eight and 11, but for a while it was with the kids, Yeah. my relationships, there's so much anxiety and all that.
2: Mm-hmm. What if I
1: bring the same technique that I'm doing while I'm climbing and do it in those other areas? Mm-hmm. Could it help bring me peace in those areas? Okay. And it did. Ah, And all it was, was this continual resetting of my nervous system through my breath, Mm -hmm. playing around with what's called, yeah.
0: Oh, do you do a lot of meditation? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just saying that's one of the ways I stay calm, but go ahead. And and again, what I love about this is, you know, just sharing your experience so that the listeners can think, well, maybe that would work for me or, you know, just to know that there's always a variety of paths that we can take to make us feel calmer, which is really kind of. What we want to do, because with calmness, then we can listen better to like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I want to do or my my soul is telling me to do. So go ahead. So you.
1: Well, and that's where you align to your uh, the the emotional connection to your life is all found in your how you're responding to life.
0: Exactly. Okay. so you you change. So you the rock climbing is good and now you decide to do another area such as.
1: Yeah. Now I took that same experience and brought it into my sugar addiction.
0: Ah. Okay.
1: That was the first thing. That's where my book comes from, The Power of Food. Oh, okay. And that all came from me recognizing that when I'm triggered to eat sugar, it feels very much the same way as when I'm anxious on the rock climbing.
2: Okay. But hey,
1: I can reset it while I'm climbing. So why not when I go for the sugar? And so I started to bring the same practices in. Mm. In the moment that I went and grabbed the, the the cookies, which was my dominant go-to.
0: I love cookies.
1: All I would do was create a pause. I practice a very specific breath practice that is known to reset the stress response, Mm -hmm. cleans a beautiful signal up the vagus nerve, creates coherence, turns your brain back on. Yep. And
0: I've I've done those vagus nerve exercises, so I hear you. Yeah, and they're very effective. If anyone wants to look that up, it's they're not that hard at all, and you can do them any time of the day.
1: And the beauty is, is that it started to give me this this connection to craving in a way where I didn't have to eliminate the cookies.
2: Ah. As long as I created
1: the pause and did the reset breath, Uh I could still choose to eat the cookies if I wanted to. Mm. Exactly. And what I found from that is, yeah, did I still eat the cookies? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, though.
0: I was going to say sometimes, probably, yeah.
1: Right. But my brain started to let go of the sugar as a source of reactivity. Because I stopped, I started to reset my response to it. So my brain was no longer getting the adrenaline from my reactivity to sugar.
2: Okay.
1: That the brain started to let go of sugar as one of my triggers. Hmm. Okay. It's like, okay, there's something significant about what I just did.
0: Changing your energy in this area too, it sounds like.
1: Well, and then you start to create a different uh, connection to your relationship with food. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, wh- how do I want to treat nutrition in my my life? How do I want it to make me feel?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you start to find space for presence in that relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so next, you know, all the other patterns of our life. So I just started to yeah. look at other areas of my health that I felt the same way, did the same process. Then I looked at my relationships. Okay. Which ones are feeling very triggered?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As we know, most of our was- partnerships are...
0: Anybody who says that they have a completely copacetic partnership and there's never any stress, I say, I'm not sure that's truly an authentic relationship because I think part of our relationships are our teachers to take a look at ourselves. Obviously, if it's really horrible, then yes, we have to move, you know, in a different direction. And that's just if
1: it's a real fight or flight. Absolutely. You've got to do something about your situation. But if it's not.
0: If it's not, and you just you sort of love the person, but something's not going right, then you got to. Ask yourself, how much is me, at least I feel as a therapist and whatever, how much is them? And what are we going to do to make this better? Especially our part. I always feel for sure we have, can't control the other person, but we for sure can examine ourselves, which is what sounds like you were thinking.
1: Yeah. You know, and it also put me in this state where I was more regulated. And Mm -hmm. so in, in this context, in terms of therapy, obviously, you know, there's this understanding of Mm co-regulation. How do we hold our energy? in a way where we can provide safety for those in our presence. Mm -hmm. And specifically, this is our kids. Our kids feel safe by how you're showing up in terms of your nervous system energy. Mm -hmm. If you're peaceful inside, they're going to feel that. And that's where they feel safe. It's not the words you say. It's how you're representing your own energy.
0: Exactly. So if we have inner peace and calm, and we're doing, you know, following our own inner voice in a calm, loving, compassionate way, the kids know it. They know it. They just know it and they can see yeah. it and they can feel it. And then that affects how they're going to do their life. Yeah. So, so when you say, you know, you use the word self regulating or regulating a lot, What is what does that exactly mean for you?
1: Yeah. And that's me just noticing again, on average, having 70,000 thoughts a day. It's okay. Where am I being reactive in my days? Okay. And the more I'm able to notice the areas I'm being reactive, I can start to work with those in a way where I can teach my, system to relax and regulate. Can
0: you give us an example if you care to? Yeah, for sure. Well, the number
1: one, the number one um, tool that I use is a breath practice called heart flow.
0: Can you I give know. us an example of what my i'm what my I'm just curious what might trigger you when you say I'm re you know you, you, I understand yeah, for sure. as far as your verbiage you're very familiar with it but we're not so what yeah. does that mean if if yeah. I want to I can tell when I'm reactive and then yeah. this is what I do to self regulate what does yeah. reactive mean for you like an so example if
1: you let's say in a, in a relationship in a relationship form you, you know let's say you come downstairs and there's still a bunch of dirty plates all over the kitchen
0: great example.
1: Right, your yeah. brain might go to, "Oh, my partner doesn't care about me." Look at this; the plates are all here. I do everything for the ha-.
0: Told him a hundred times to do the put the dishes in the dishwasher. Right. Common fight, yes.
1: <laughs> right, and so now you're in this looping pattern where your brain knows that if it produces those thoughts, you're going to react, and your brain's going to get the adrenaline it wants. Okay. So in that moment, you have to be mindful notice the thought pattern.
2: Yep.
1: Calm it down. Use your breath. Mm -hmm. There's a 33 second breath practice that Mm -hmm. resets it, turns you back into that beautiful space of coherence Mm -hmm. and gives you access to now feel differently about your relationship. How do I want this to feel versus I feel resentful? You can play around now with feeling it the way you want. Mm -hmm. And that helps you manifest more of your relationship being in that type of emotional
0: state. you go down and you you're you're like oh I can't believe my partner left all these dishes and then you do the Adam Hart way and you take your deep breaths and whatever to get you, and then mm-hmm. and then you can say well is it really the end of the world and you know what I'll just throw the dishes in I love my partner I don't really want to make a thing of it and you actually feel that way you're not like just you know BSing you're like no I I just I don't want to be all pissed off and angry about this I want to feel calm. Yeah. And I love my partner. And this is this really worth it? Is it that kind of a that's it process? Yeah. yeah. I, well, first of all, I love that because yeah. you know, I laugh. This is just a funny antidote. So during COVID, you know, obviously my husband using my husband, we were together. Um, and he likes his space, I like my space. So as it was getting towards the end of that first year, and we were both trying to be very polite and caring to each other, but one morning. I, I make an egg every morning for breakfast on this certain pan and he used that pan for his <laughs> ex. And I came down and I went like this, why are you using my pan? Now, let me just tell everyone, we have several pans in our household and it only was my pan. And I used that in quotes because I said it was my pan and he didn't know which pan I used or whatever. And I, he went, <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't know that that was your pan. And I go, well, well, it is my pan. And he goes, well, sorry. And, and all of a sudden I went like this. Okay. This is a COVID fight. And now let's move on. And I gave him a hug and I went, you can use that pan. I'll use a different pan. But I think those are the kinds of things that happen when we're stressed or things are a little more intense or we're we're just whatever or our partner isn't doing whatever it is that we might say or our kids, we could get this mad at our kids who are just being kids. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. You know, and once you start to live in that kind of a pattern, it's hard to break out of it.
0: It is. And who does that say I, what I always say to myself? And I'm going to say it to everybody. Who does that hurt? If I'm mad mm-hmm. at my husband, who I think is the nicest guy on earth and and not I'm not saying everything's perfect all the time. But who does that hurt? If I'm if I'm all angry and icky inside, who does that hurt? It really I mean, it won't make him too happy, but really it hurts myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like if we don't want to have those, I call them toxic you know, whatever, you know, feelings, or Mm -hmm. you would say dysregulated, then Mm. there's a way for that not to happen. And a lot of that you're saying is through your breath to try and calm yourself down. And you've, you've sound like you've done some actual scientific, or maybe it's just your own empirical data that when we do that, it literally calms us down, gets us more in touch with that calming parasympathetic nerve. system. And we, and we actually feel that way physically, not just psychologically. Is that kind of what you're sort of saying?
2: Yeah.
1: And like a muscle, you, you, you can begin to train it as your place that you get to live from. Right. And so we know that the fight or flight stress response is a useful Mm
2: -hmm.
1: response. It's quite beautiful, Yeah, but we're overusing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yet many of us don't realize that we're stuck overusing it.
0: Right. I would say that's probably true. I mean, that we, we, we were given it for a reason, but
2: yeah. a
0: lot of that had to do, I think, with fight or flight, like there was animals going to kill us or, or whatever. And now most of us, thankfully, are generally, we have a roof over our head and we don't have to worry. Well, I was going to say we don't have to worry about someone killing us. But sadly, that's not necessarily true, at least here in America. But yeah. I digress. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So in your day-to-day life, if you are annoyed or, or oh, let me just step back. Do you feel like you get annoyed very often now that you're more (laughs) regulated, I guess, is the word you would use?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely and it's not about perfection. It's being it's about being a very. um, Conscious student of your own behavior. Okay. and so I get triggered all the time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, my mind still loves to try and lock me into that reactivity. Right. But I have a much deeper understanding of what my body feels like
0: Mm -hmm. in peace. And I'm guessing you like that better,
1: which grew on me over time. (laughs) And as I recognize, wow, there's something about this piece that I'm able to hold on longer to now. And the only way I get disrupted from it is when I let my mind tell me something that I don't have to respond to. Right.
2: OK, and, so
0: somehow, as you were finding the rock climbing and the direct and whatever, all the stuff that you're saying, not eating sugar, I'm guessing very often, blah, blah, blah. It came. I mean, like, did you start thinking like hmm, this could be something I could do for a living? And um, this sort of is feeling like this is what I meant to do. Like, when do you feel like mm-hmm. that started happening? And
1: yeah, yeah, it came again. This is all coming from honoring the energy. So yes. it manifested. It came to me in a way where all of a sudden I found myself understanding okay the corporate wellness side of this. Okay. Having a sociological background, I said to myself, okay, what's happening with human adaptation that is off right now? And Everything. we have this <laughs> right? And we have this level of stress in our lives that we just we haven't learned to adapt to. No. So I said, okay, what if I just create a 1-hour presentation and take it to some companies that I know? and offer it for a lunch and learn. And right away they said, yeah, hundred percent, let's do it. And they were paying me quite well. So I said, "Whoo, I think I just created a wellness company.
0: <laughs> so just from that, you had an idea yeah. about what you had already learned about yourself. And thought, You're not the only person that feels this way, which is yeah. generally true of the human condition. We all, we all are here struggling, doing the best we can. So you found this kind of way of doing it and thought, Hmm, yeah. I can share this. Started that and then you and then and it felt right to you like you were excited after you did your first talk.
1: You know, obviously there's the nerves around speaking. Of course. But as I walked into that experience, I realized, wow, I am just communicating from a regulated space. Mm -hmm. So I knew when I was standing on stage that I could regulate my nervous system Mm -hmm. because of what I knew from climbing. Right. So I could create presence, which then gave me access to feeling their energy where I understood, wow, a lot of the audience and has been for all these years, Of course, they're, they're very triggered. They're very stuck in their own reactivity. So my mm-hmm. role in those moments is one, regulate myself, co-regulate, and then share this information in a way that they can walk away with the feeling that I'm presenting of mm-hmm. what peace feels like, yep. but then give them the tools to, to keep going with that feeling.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And I just want to, you know, I'm just going to say this. I hope this feels okay. So you you have good terminology with regulate and co-regulate, but I'm just going to even say to me, it's just feeling your body be calmer just to kind of sim- mm-hmm. simplify it a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And that when we're calm physically, it helps us become, to me, psychologically, spiritually, and then we're more open to whatever we're supposed to be doing in our life. And so yeah. it makes it a little easier um, to sort of say, OK, I, I get what I'm supposed to be doing, I think. And now I think I have the energy and the mm. um, inclination to go do it. So like yeah. what you did, which was amazing. So huh, so yeah. you've been doing So now you're you have a wellness company or.
1: Yeah. yeah or what's your what's your that, thing? Well, so that was 10 for 10 years. I did that. The corporate okay, wellness. Wow.
0: Work. So for 10 years you did that. And and the whole yeah. time you were doing it, you felt like oh, I'm doing this. This is like feeling I'm on I'm on my right path here.
1: Yeah. And then it, and then it didn't work anymore.
0: (laughs) Uh Okay. Uh, Then (laughs) what happened? Well, and that's
1: just energetically. It just felt like I was, I was spending a lot of my time convincing. Yeah. And I said to myself, I said, you know what? That was fun for a while, but now I don't really need to be up there trying to convince people of why this is important to focus on. Mm -hmm. So I shifted my energy around it again Mm -hmm. and got centered on, okay, so how do I want this to be?
2: Mm -hmm. How do I want
1: this to feel? Mm Mm-hmm. Held that space. And what came was all of a sudden, I started having some parents from those companies reach out directly. Oh. And next thing I knew, I started a coaching program strictly for parents.
0: Wow. That, and that's what you're doing now?
1: That's what I'm doing now.
0: I love that. And to yeah. me, what's so great about that is that here you thought you had found one thing. And then after 10 years, you were tuned enough to know, like, no, I, yeah. this isn't doing it for me. And then of course, as you said, no, and thought, well, well, then what else? And like you said, mm-hmm. you sat with it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden the parents start calling and you think, oh, I'll try this. And, and this is feeling good to you. So now you're doing this, which all parents come on. I'm a, I'm a parent and I'm a grandparent now, but we all need help. Parenting is to me the hardest, I think one of the hardest jobs. Ever, especially now, because um, yeah. there's so much going on with social media and just peer pressure and just all kinds of negativity in the, the world that mm-hmm. we want to have more positive. I do anyways, I try to admit that um, of love and compassion and kindness. And so I'm guessing that's all in your parenting. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, like handbook. I had my I, my kids are now eight and eleven. So it kind of coincides with me becoming a parent Perfect. And Yeah, learning how to manage my regulation and so again being calmer
2: yes. knowing that
1: my calmness was creating this environment for my kids
2: to
0: mm-hmm. be
1: more at peace
0: i love when, it when i was I love-
1: triggered they were triggered when they're triggered and i hold the space to be calm there's yep. more opportunities where they dive into that calmness with me
0: i totally totally love that um and that's so true and i've worked with many many families just therapeutically that that i always say in the nicest way, who's who's running this household, the kids or you? Mm -hmm. And if the kids are running it, which means there's a lot of tumult and a lot of chaos and a lot of bad things (laughs) happening. And then what do parents do? They also react badly, I -hmm. would say, and and certainly not helpful in in any way. And so there's this like "Ah," like they're beating up on each other. And that's not a healthy environment, because if the goal is. We want to raise our children to be healthy, functioning, you know, loving, kind, compassionate adults. We sort of have to role model that. And it doesn't mean that everything is perfect because whose life is, no one's is. Kids go through all kinds of stuff as we do as adults and as their parents. So, yeah. So if you can hold your calmness, um, I think that's great. So (laughs) how long have you been doing this with the parent coaching? I love it.
1: So this has been about five years now.
0: Wow. Great. And so far, it's still feeling like good
1: yeah it feels really good yeah. yeah it's uh it's now just being mindful of the game of getting the message out there because mm-hmm. I have such a strong desire to get more parents to know but yes. there's still an element of this that's it's so unknown yes and how do I language it in a way that gets a parent yes. to say that's what I need because mm-hmm. I still talk a lot in terms of nervous I system, nervous system <laughs> versus stay calm feel calm
2: but yeah, I
0: hope that it was okay that I put it in a different language because I I can see, you know, if I may, that you you have this way of how you use you know how you totally. describe it, mm-hmm. and I understand what it is, and I hopefully listeners do. But in general, I'm just saying to me, what I'm hearing is, hey, we've got to calm ourselves down, and yeah. we all have anxiety. Our nervous system, the the way it is now, you know, like you said, the fight or flight is still with us, and often we're living in a place of fear. Yeah. Um, about whatever you know uh, getting older or th- th- what wh- it does make difference money um yeah. the s- state of the world or our country or whatever, and to me, if you live in that place of fear, will my kids be okay will everyone be healthy what's wh- what's gonna happen as I'm aging if you're in a place of fear then you're in a place of anxiety and you're in pl- I'm going to say you're in a place of deregulation, according to the Adam Hart terminology. Um, and so we want to be we just want to be calm and yeah. and peaceful. So to me, if you can get parents on board, I think that's great, because if we're helping the next generation, we're giving such a gift to the world. Yeah. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's yeah. great. I think yeah. that's great. OK, well, good. and then there is the
1: health benefits that come from regulating yourself. Yes. I mean, it's like the, the the ultimate access to more brain energy, more focus, more clarity, more motivation, more
0: everything in our, and more, I, I, since I'm such a believer in mind, body health, whatever, to me, if, if we're calmer in our brain and in our nervous system, our body will be healthier. So, yeah. I mean, obviously we have to probably not eat so much sugar, et cetera, but it's, it's, you know, my feeling that things in moderation and it depends on your body, et cetera. But um, the to me, number one is if we can be calm not be anxious, be aware of what we're thinking. Now you've put that number in my head, 70,000 thoughts. And I'm like freaking out. Like, what am I going (laughs) to, I have to like not be in touch with my 70,000 thoughts. I'm going to say, I probably won't be, but, um, and that's okay too. Because if in general, like in my practice, you know, I do that kind of deep breathing that you're talking about. I know how to do that vagus nerve calming down. Mm -hmm. I do that every day in the morning. Mm -hmm. This is just sort of a funny antidote just because I thought it was really funny. Um, my granddaughters are 11 and, um, eight that live in the area and we were having dinner last night and they were playing a game. Who knows? Um, they call me JJ, JJ best. So I said, um, okay. So we had, they had little, you know, things to write on. So the question I said to them, what's JJ's uh, what do I like to do? That's the most uh, rela- during my relaxing time. So I love that they wrote, they wrote two things wordle. Cause I do play wordle every day and meditate. Hmm. So I thought how great that they know that that's on the table as an adult can do this on a regular basis to st- I do it in the morning just to start their day. Um, and I don't do long ones. I mean, the listeners know I do about 15 minutes. Um, I feel it It sets the tone of my day in a much calmer, quieter, more in touch with my inner self um, ways, which I encourage all listeners to do. Um, yeah. You found, sound like you have your breathing that keeps you. And you probably, I'm guessing you must do that more than once a day.
1: Yeah. 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 It's throughout the day. It's almost thinking in terms of stabilizing blood sugar. It's not just a one time. It's throughout the day. The same with my response to stress.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I have to regulate it throughout the day for this to work. If I just focus on one time of the day, my brain is left to run amok the rest of the time.
0: Uh, Totally agreed. So that's why, again, to me, the meditation is how the day is started, but that doesn't mean throughout my day. I'm not touching base with myself and going, especially if something's upsetting to me. If nothing's upsetting, yeah. I I feel like I do pretty well. But if yeah. something is more challenging, then I have to give that some some attention. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And That's just part of my growth. Um, and um, and you
1: know, you know if it's working too because you'll have symptoms if it's not.
0: Exactly. Oh, your body will tell you. That's right. Oh, no, you you will know. You won't yeah. feel well. You might have. Well, that's my ongoing thing is with the gastro. I mean, you will know. Yeah. There will be something that will. Yeah, you will know. So if we can not do that and try to be in this place of peace um, and listen to the messages we're getting from the universe um, and the people that we love, because lots of times the messages just come like you had the parents call you. If you listen, that message will come. All yeah. right. This. Oh, and yeah, this was great. So mm-hmm. when you think about if you were going to do a closing, I mean, I'm going to do my quote in a minute, which is about mm-hmm. energy, by the way, because I knew you. had. Yeah. I, knew, <laughs> I, I just gave a little peek at what you had to say you know, I don't like to know anybody. Everybody knows this ahead of time because I don't want to ruin the um, flow. Um, If you had any suggestions for someone who's struggling, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what my purpose is. I don't know what you're, I don't know. What would you, what would you offer as advice?
1: Yeah, I I would just really focus on how you're responding to your days, how you're responding to your moments and learn to nourish your relationship with the moment through your nervous system. Okay. That will get you in to feeling the calm, peaceful state that we all want more of. And then the rest comes from there.
0: I love it. Oh, Adam, thank you so much. This was so good. All right. I'm going to go read my little uh, closing uh, quote. As you let go of energy of the old reality, the universe will bring in the new. All space must be filled with a frequency of energy. An energy field that is emptied will always be refilled. And you have the power to choose how this new energy frequency will be in your world. So that's kind of what you're saying. Okay. I love that I picked this out <laughs> yesterday. I just love that. So um I think that's great. So thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. Um, if anybody wants more information on what you do, is what at adamheart.com or what's this what's no,
1: yeah, clearimpact.io. Clearimpact.io.
0: Okay, clear Impact. That IO. So, and do you do some of this like parenting stuff? Like, can you do it by zoom and
1: yeah. Yeah. All, all our clients are North America wide. So, okay,
0: great. All right. Well, the best, I think you're doing something really good. I love that you found your purpose. So that is, and I love that you sort of did it for 10 years, one thing, and then you had a shift, which I say all the time, it doesn't have to be one, like one thing and that's it. So you're a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, Oh, it's really my pleasure. Okay, that's it for today. Um, I'm Janice Alpert. I hope that uh, you're doing your purpose um, and you're doing it with purpose and maybe even on purpose. Until next time. Bye bye.